Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm Luke Velasca, of course, joined by Kyle Taylor, and we were excited to have another fantastic episode for you today. We've got an incredible update that comment that came out as long as a lot of changes happening in the freight market. <clears throat> Still seeing some post effects of the storm. But before we get all to that, Kyle, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Just glad to be back. I know we have a, a lot of uh, content that comes out at Freight Waves, and I know every once in a while we get to come on to some of the events, but I'm glad to have with Sonar back. And to what you were just talking about, there's been a ton of changes. It's it's really impacted a, a lot of people, and we're just up in the air on what to think about what's going on. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about what we got. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And and we we've seen there's been a lot of events that have happened to Freight Waves. There's been a, you know, we we finished not long ago the Global Supply Chain Summit and then you know there's a lot more events happening as well. So, you know, a lot of content coming to you from Freight Waves. So, it's always nice where we can sneak in here. We're obviously doing the show remotely from home today. Um and I, I always give the uh, the technical uh, folks a challenge every time we do that. But nonetheless, we're here. We're on the air. They can't stop us. Big storm happening right now here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So fingers crossed we won't lose any power. Not uh, only big storm in Chattanooga, though. Big storm across the across the United States. We had, I think, Denver was shut down like two days ago because of the snow. Yeah, yeah. I remember actually when I used to broker freight. Um, one of the biggest markets I used to ship out of was Bellingham, Washington. And if you're trying to think, I've never heard of Bellingham, Washington. Probably a reason for it. It's very small. It's about 80 miles north of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so not a lot up there, but I did ship a lot of outbound freight. I was like the one person who did. And it was pretty, it was a lot of long haul freight. And it went a lot of times across the country. It would then go to Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Virginia. So you're talking pretty long miles there. And when we used to ship in the wintertime around this time of year, sometimes a little earlier or later, I, I remember one time, I mean, because there were trucks, they would drive through Montana. And sometimes the roads would get shut down and they would just be sitting there and there was nothing they could do. So, you know, that was just the, that's the reality of it. Today it's Denver. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, let's bring up the chart. Let's see, you know, what's going on in in the U S so we're coming off of a big winter storm that has impacted really all of Texas and, and to put it in perspective, um, Zach Strickland, who's one of our, our, our lead guys here, of a, a director of analytics at Freight Waves, he's really, uh, he brought into perspective for me earlier today that Houston had a larger impact. This winter storm had a larger impact on Houston than any of the previous hurricanes that have hit Houston. Yeah. So to put that in perspective, that snowstorm that was about a month ago exactly had such a massive impact on the infrastructure that it not only disrupted everyone's day-to-day operation in life, but the freight market in general has just been taken at a, at a headwind here of 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 really volatility and instability. And, and yeah. to, to call this out, we're looking at van outbound rejections in blue. Secondary yeah. is actually a new data set that is uh, really coming off of that new product that we're going to go over later in the day. But it is that uh, contracted rate data. So Sonar actually has settled rate data in it currently to be able to see what are contract rates doing. And, and the reason that's extremely impactful is because not only do we now have, okay, what is the underlying tender 
uh, activity. We have the greatest amount of tender activity looking at inbound outbound volumes, which is supply and demand, and looking at uh, acceptances and rejection of freight, really that carrier sentiment so that we know what's going to happen before price actually moves. And this is uh, just another way that we're able to see, you know, from a macro level, there's some strong impacts that have been happening over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. And something we're going to draw attention to, everybody just focus on the blue line there for a minute. You see there kind of around um, maybe right where 2021 starts. You see that blue line has been dipping pretty much since then. And you get right around there to maybe 10 days into February. So this is, you know, on your screen, we're almost all the way to the right here. You see that dip right there about 10 days into February, that real sharp dip. It's the lowest right. point, the lowest point that blue line goes on the screen, right? That's the storm, right? And that's right before the storm. And that's the effect Texas has on the market. And then right when it starts to go back up, that's pretty much right when shippers start moving freight again. And the reason why it went down is because shippers stopped shipping freight. So there were just less loads to reject, right? So the rejection rate went down. But then as soon as they started shipping freight again in Texas, a lot of the shippers came back online You know, a week later, two weeks later, and it wasn't all at the same time. A big abundance of freight came. We don't have the volume here in front of us, but it was there. And look at that blue line just shoot up to essentially the high of the year around 27.5%. And that right there is you know, the highest tender rejections we've seen. And, and it's still maintaining that level. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's sitting at 25% right now. So that blue line is right at 25% tender rejection. So that's a quarter of every uh, of all freight is being rejected right now. And to come off of just a month previously, where it was at 18%, 19%, it's, it's such a strong increase that not only is it going to completely disrupt all lanes, you're going to see rate for miles significantly higher than what we've seen. And, and so this is on a... It looks like it goes back to to about the end of last August, and and so what this is is showing us is that on that red line that that VC uh, rate per mile, which is looking at van contracted rates um, on a national average, it's higher right now than it has been all year, and so yeah. this, this is having such a strong impact. And most shippers just started um, going live with their new uh, their new awards on their route guides. So it's like, oh, great. Finally, I could wash my hands. I'm finally done with that RFP. Oh, crap. Some snow hit. And now look what's happening. Now we're going to have yeah. to really go back to the spot market. Well, well what, you, what you also have to remember, too, is you're absolutely right. So we saw that little, that little uh, peak right there where 2020 and 2021 meet, where contract rates started to go up. Then they started to come down a little bit. But part of the reason why they're going back up, you're absolutely right. It is correlating with the storm, right? Because a lot of times contract rates are negotiated where spot rates are at that time or have been moving, right? They do correlate a little bit, right? And in addition to that, you also have a lot of RFPs and bids that are happening right now. A lot of them happening Q1 and are starting to go live. A lot still haven't gone live. So as spot rates continue to go up, which we know they are because tender rejections are up, Right. And they and spot rates do follow tender rejections. So as that happens, van rates, in this case, van rates, contract rates are continuing to be renegotiated and they're starting to come online again. And that's where you see that orange line taking another another leg up, if you will, for the contract rate. So 
I think 2021, if you're in contract freight, assuming you're a broker or a carrier, it's going to be a good year. From a shipper's perspective, maybe not so much, but um, you know, but shippers shippers will hopefully be able to manage capacity a little bit better, and at least their routing costs. So even if they do have to pay a little bit of a premium this year, you know, hopefully they'll be able to settle through some of that capacity until capacity does reach up to where volume is, or those two meet a little bit better. Then we'll start to see maybe rates come back down a little bit, uh, but we're not there yet. Um, but anyway, great chart, great state of the freight market there. Um, so anyways, Kyle, what's the, uh, tell me a little bit, uh, about, we've got some other charts here to pull up here, or some maps rather that I think show a really good picture of where the market is, you know, probably more recently, a little bit less of like a long-term view. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do we have there? Yeah. So what we're going to really start to dive into is, is this week. So additionally, like what we just brought up. Denver is getting hit, impacted and really a snowstorm coming across the industry is being impacted. And so we're seeing a lot less outbound volumes being, uh, being uh, sent out across the nation. Really interesting piece about this is that if you would have looked at this yesterday, this would have been telling you that there was a ton of freight uh, moving out of the markets. And, and so what we're seeing is that whether, as you can see, the red, the blue and, and the the pink, we saw that snowstorm come across that uh, the, the the Chicago land area, that northern Ohio, the Cincinnati kind of area. It, everything was really sort of shutting down, and and so that's having a, a real strain on on route guides again. And so we're continuing yeah. to get hit with this volatility one after another. And you know, once again, I know we we seem to always kind of reiterate this because Luke, you and I talk about it all the time. This is something that if you if you don't have anything to to let you know what's going on, if you're looking back at just a rate, it's not going to give you anything about what's going on right now. And so this is uh, to, for everyone online. This is updated daily, and this is really looking at capacity. So you know, red's going to be a, a classic backhaul style of market. There's more inbound than outbound, and blue's going to be your headhaul. So you're you got more outbound freight than inbound. So really, just not a lot of opportunities there. Really, if you kind of ir ironic, I guess you can say in a sense, Luke, that only the port cities seem to be uh, the ones surging with freight right now. Yeah, and then there's Dallas, <laughs> right? No, exactly. Yeah, Dallas has been on the been by the wayside for for uh, a couple I of weeks. If you're a truck, I wouldn't get too excited about Dallas because you see there's red all around it. There's red in Houston. There's red in Fort Worth. There's red there in Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, right? Everywhere around it, meaning all those trucks in those areas that can't get loads are probably deadheading over to Dallas to suck up some of that extra uh, load imbalance over there. So um, versus LA, look blue. Uh, looks like uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey up there is blue as well. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Chicago, not much of a surprise there. Is that Kansas? Is that the Kansas City area I see there, kind of in the middle of the map, light blue? Yeah. No, exactly, and 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 that's kind of normal. I mean, to you gotta, you know, what is what is normalcy for the United States and those those center states? So really, going from your 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 Cedar Rapids all the way down to uh, the the uh, the Mississippi, you know, whatever you want to. I think Zach was calling it the Louisiana Purchase area, um, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, that area is, is always seems to have volatility. That's always where people are wanting to go. 
but it's just being exasperated right now. So there is just, right. it's just continuing. I think markets there are having close to 50% tender rejection percentages. And, right. and that's just not sustainable. And, and who, and those are the areas where we're setting up. I mean, you got Memphis right in the middle. So you got warehouses all around there that are just being affected. And, you know, so no one's having a lot of fun right now. I mean, if you're driving through snow, that's brutal. If you're having to negotiate freight and all of a sudden your trucks are having to stop, well, that's worse. And then at, on the last, the receiving end, your, your service levels are starting to drop because look now, now you can't really even get freight into your warehouses. So it's, it's going to continue yeah. to just get hit. And Nico, Nico, yeah. my friend, Nico Brown wants one of these shirts. Tell them they're two of two. You got a Luke shirt and a Kyle shirt. These are yeah. exclusive, my man. <laughs> exclusive nico i don't know if you can see here but our logos are actually a little bit different my wish sonar logo right here the top is a little bit smaller than kyle's we got them made at two different times they're both prototypes <laughs> i got the smaller prototype apparently i don't know what kyle's trying to tell me here but two of a kind or one of two i don't know clearly I don't know I'm say that. <laughs> but anyways maybe Maybe we can make something work. Maybe we have a competition or something and we give one away. Maybe we need to do a giveaway. We, we make a third. We no, a third we definitely one. need to. We de I mean, it, it's got to be. Nico, so you, gotta you got any suggestions people. for us? Nico, what kind of what kind of giveaway should we do? You got any ideas for us from a competition perspective? We'll give you a little time to write a response. For sure. I just put him on the spot. I just put Nico on the spot there. Whoops. But yeah, for sure. But to, to the next, to so, so what do we got coming down the pipe? So we've been kind of uh, trickling a lot of information to our community. Everyone's always talking a little bit of, of friendly trash to us that, uh, oh, well, so Sonar, you don't really have rates. You don't really, you can't, I, you don't provide me much value because I don't know the rate per mile. And, and People so still say I, that we've had rates for like over a year. Yeah, but but sorry, Luke, that's just they're not my rates. You know, everyone's always like, what's what's your rate? What's my rate? I mean, what's this going to help? But but uh, the only person who has your rates is you. So I can't imagine it would be your rates. Exactly. I'm, but, I'm teasing. I'm, I'm playing. I'm being I'm being mean to Kyle here. You're right, Kyle. You're absolutely correct. But we do have something good in the pipeline here. I'm not going to steal your thunder, though, if you had like, you know, if you're about to like drop the mic on the folks here watching. Yeah, we're going to bring right, it in real close, real, real sensual to the to the crowd. No, but so what we've been really working on here has been, okay, how can we take things one step further? I mean, that's probably the biggest impact that FreightWaves has on the community in the transportation market is that we're never just like, okay, with where we're at. We don't want to just continue to be who we were yesterday. We want to continue to just break down what we have to offer and what things that we can you know, really exposed so that people can make the best decisions. And so that's where supply chain intelligence is now coming into play. Mm -hmm. Have over $80 billion worth of settled rate data uh, partnered with a pretty large financial uh, institution in order to collect these, which gives us access to over 300. Specifically contract rate right. data. And that's very important, which we'll get to in a minute. No, it's exactly right. So, but we are finally getting into the settled rate, uh, settled rates side of the business, and that's only going to continue to enhance that tender data. Yeah, and, and I want to make a point here too. Like a lot of folks are like, listen, like, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of settled rate data out there. Like, you know, great, nothing special about that. It's we're not getting we're not we're not getting into the settled rate data specifically for contract down contract rates 
because it's better or worse. We're getting into it because we have the market analytics side, the tender data. Nobody has the tender data to the level that we do. It's not even close. We have that. Now, we also have our algorithm or freight wave scientific rates that are spot rates that we also come up with that forecast as well. Now we're adding, let's add the settle rate data in there. So you now have the three pieces, right? You have the market analytics, which is the why behind the rate. You have the Mm -hmm. freight wave scientific driven rates, which are sort of computer generated rates based on where the market is. And then you have actual paid rates between shippers and carriers for their contract rates, right? So those three there are incredibly important because again, like Kyle, we've said it so many times, a rate is nothing more. All it tells you is what somebody got paid to move a load. That's all it tells you. It tells right. you nothing about capacity. It tells you nothing about supply and demand. It tells you nothing about service level, right? All mm-hmm. it tells you is somebody got paid this amount. That does not guarantee they're going to continue to get paid that. It doesn't mean that they were overpaid. It doesn't tell you if they were underpaid. It tells you nothing. All it tells you is somebody got paid this amount of money, and that's it, right? doesn't tell you if they got a good deal or a bad deal. Um, and that's and that's where we have all those other tools, right? We have all the tools to tell you what where the market, what the market analytics are. We have the tools to tell you whether you should be asking for more or whether you should be negotiating down, right? Whether you should avoid certain lanes or not. Now we're adding in kind of the result piece of all that. So it's it, it, it's full circle now. It's full circle now. And I love that we're doing it with contract rates, to be honest, because that's 80% of the market. 80% of freight is moved via contract. And most of our tender data is contract anyway. So the fact is, you know, you're you're enriching 80% of the market now. And the market really needs more visibility on the contract side of things. Um, so I, I'm really excited about it. I know you've had some converse, conversations with folks already about it. How have those gone? Yeah, well, let's just go ahead and throw this the page up for it for everyone so that we can kind of walk through awesome. kind of how exactly people use this, what the plan is, and, and where the impact is going to be. And so mm-hmm. to, to what Luke just outlined, we, we have the largest amount of contracted, pretty much routing guide information. And then from there, we, we've now ingrained over $80 billion worth of settled rates. And so, okay, that's, that's awesome. You have a, a ton of data on top of a ton of rate data. What's, what's that really going to do? And so the impact that this has is that now shippers and logistics professionals can come in here and identify exactly where they are paying compared to the market. So how do, how do my rates compare to the market? And really, remember, this is really focused at, on contracted rates. So we're looking at, okay, if I'm doing a, a, an annual RFP, where am, I get, where am I doing well and where am I doing poorly? Just trying to answer, answer that simple question. And, and then taking that and then saying, okay, now, I, now I'm doing extremely well. Uh, okay, I'm doing really good against the market. What's next? That's when we take it into the peer groups. So we break it up by the NAICS codes so that we can identify the exact peer group so that we can see how do others like you pay uh, or getting charged on a lane? Because it, it doesn't matter. If, if you're charging, if you're getting you know $1.50 because you're doing water bottles, it's going to be drastically different than if you're doing you know uh, rolls of toilet paper. And so we wanted to identify that so that you know exactly how you're comparing. And we're doing apples to apples, not cherries to watermelons. And that's a, that's a great point. And let's just walk through an example, right? Like, let's say, 
if I'm Ford, right, I want to compare my rates. I don't really care what the market's doing. It's it's maybe nice as a benchmark, right, or something to talk to. But it, I, I, I shouldn't be comparing my rates to Amazon or my rates to Home Depot, to GM or Chrysler, right? I want to compare myself to the other auto manufacturers because that is going to tell a more complete story as to how I'm performing relative to my other cohorts, right? Mm-hmm. And how how competitive I am. Now, another step to that, and this is how we can go a step further. And there was a lot on that last screen. We're not going to go through it all right here. That was just a quick snapshot of it. But you could also, you know, it, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't even stop at the peer group pricing. It goes further than that, you know, and it's, you can now see service level on there. So let's say your peer group, let's say I'm Ford, right? And I'm paying $2 a mile for a certain load. And my peers, right? The other auto manufacturers, which I have selected, can say they're paying $1.85 a mile. Well, it looks like I'm overpaying by a lot, by like seven and a half percent. Now I can go over to the service level and I can see, well, what service level are they getting at that $1.85? It's a little hard to see, but some of those scores that you see in the top right corner there, those do represent the service level. Not Mm going to define them too much here right now, but the point is you have the ability to see what kind of service they get. First off, how often, what percent of the time are they actually getting their loads accepted at that rate? How often do they not get that accepted and they have to pay a higher contract rate through the routing guide or even have to go to the spot market to get it covered, right? right? How often, what's the volatility on there, right? How often are they getting price increases? Uh, That sort of thing. So we have the ability to see that and dissect that over time, which is where it, you know, this data gets so rich, right? Because we have that, that analytics, we have the computer science to differentiate between, you know, you know, all the different sectors of what's affecting pricing. And that's where this gets really exciting. Again, a rate is just a rate. It's just simply to tell you where you're at. Now we're telling you what's happening at different levels of those rates, which is where, which is very exciting. Yeah. And there's, there's countless different areas. So SCI is going to be its own product suite. It's going to be mm-hmm. something that has uh, really a, a ton of olive leaves that, that or olive branches that come off of it in order to just continue to uh, build on that contracted settled rate data. Um, eventually, we're going to be getting more into the forecasting aspects of things and then into um, some other data sets. And really, it's only limited by the data that some of our customers provide us. And, and so that's where I'm really excited about this, because when it comes down to it, what, what shippers really need is not just a, a rate. They need some, a, a rate and direction. They need a rate and understanding or sentiment. And that's what no one else has been able to provide is, okay, here's what the rate is. Now, why is that the rate? Why, why am I actually overpaying compared to the market? What, what could be some areas where maybe I just don't understand? And that's where that tender data comes into play, mm-hmm. where now you can see, okay, I'm, I'm paying 15 cents higher than my peer group. Okay, well, let me check the lane score. That lane score just yeah. to the right of the, of the pricing is, is actually going to, te- to describe to you how, uh, how attractive that is for a shipper. So higher that score is, the more negotiating leverage shippers have. Lower that score is, the more negotiating leverage the, the shipper or the, uh, the carriers have. 
And, and so that right. is just a really dissected um, score so that you can just understand load balance at the origin and destination. And we, and that's just one score that we've just outlined, Luke. I mean, we, there's like a million yeah. things that we can kind of break down from here. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and that's what's neat too is is you you've all you've all of a sudden opened up a whole different door, right? For example, right? Like let's like a lot of things that shippers have to deal with is you know when things get disruptive in their market, they have a lot of them have have a lot of shareholders. They have to report to they report to the executive team at that company, and then they have to report to their shareholders, and now they have to tell them why their profits are lower this year. It's because they've spent more on transportation, and a lot of times for shippers, it's just Oh, well, you know, the whole market's up or, you know, there's a driver shortage or, mm-hmm. you know, well, everybody's paying more or inflation. I can't my <laughs> exactly. Right. Anything. And those are and that's all of that stuff. It's not helpful. It's just it's just circumstantial. You know, it doesn't doesn't really eat up now. All of a sudden, you know, yeah, we've got the rates, but we also have the market intelligence. So now all of a sudden you have the ability to tell somebody like, listen, we're paying 15 cents or more on this lane. And the executive probably wouldn't care about a specific lane, but we'll use it as an example. We're paying more on this lane here. But the reason why is because our service level is this much higher than what everybody else is experiencing when they pay that. And reason why we don't want to pay that little is because when our service drops that little, it causes delays in our products, which actually, which actually costs us this much more money. So you have the ability now to distinguish those things and answer those questions and have that level of direction in this budget because some shippers... They're willing to pay a little bit more, but they need that service level to be very high along with it. And now right. they'll have the ability to distinguish, okay, what are my peers doing? What are they experiencing at different price points? Great. They've done all the experimenting for us. Let's go do it now and be successful in round one. So yeah. you have and, that, and you have that even, ability. Even to ask, you know, this, these are things that even some of our own customers that are using SCI today are asking, which are, Okay, if I were to drop my service percentages down 2% or if I were to drop my my primary tender acceptances down, what is that going to how is that going to be reflected on the rate? And if I just drop 1% on on my primary tender acceptance overall, is that give me the potential to save, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or what what is the potential there? And so that's where this becomes a very creative tool because now you can start playing with these different data sets and start understanding them in a different way and, and ask these questions. Okay, but what if I did this? I'm going to create a DC out of this network. Uh, and what is that going to do to my entire network as a whole That now that we're creating this new DC? And so there's yeah. really a ton of different ways that we can look at this. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. You're absolutely correct, Kyle. And also, by the way, did Nico ever get back to us on uh, a shirt giveaway? Oh, Nico's been back. So Nico actually said that we should give away a shirt or jacket to the person in chat who is who has tagged FreightWaves the most on LinkedIn. He said he's got three today. <laughs> got three. Okay. Well, well, that's not a bad idea. I like it. We'll have to figure out a way to count that up. Yeah, um, no, we'll see if we can. Yeah. We'll get back to you. But I like it. At least point. Nico already gets a couple points for creativity, if nothing else. So right. Nico's a little ahead of the game. By the way, also, you know, we, we've been having this conversation. I know we're getting close here to the end of time, but something too is, you know, this this tool, very, very valuable for shippers, no doubt about it. And we have a lot of shippers who who want it and are getting it, but doesn't mean brokers can't have it. Doesn't mean carriers can't have it. You know, if there's interest there and you want to see what it is and, and be able to leverage it from the other side of the scale, right? 
and see what everybody else is charging their shippers and different peer groups, right? We can have that conversation. So if this is something you're interested in and want to see more about, let us know. Leave a comment down below. Myself or Kyle, you can tag one of us or both of us. Tag myself because I'm better than Kyle. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, I had to slip it in. It was my had moment. To, had my to. Moment of pain. I'm sorry. I apologize, folks. That wasn't nice. Um, but you know, seriously, if you, if you do want to see more, let us know. We'll get you taken care of. We'll show you, do an in-depth version of it. And, uh, you know, just leave us a comment below. Or you can shoot us a DM. That awesome. works too. Well, Luke, we got a, a 3PL summit coming up. All right. what, do you, what do you got for us on that? I'll tell you right now, we got the one and the only Kyle Littner joining us. <laughs> yes, sir. So once again, I'm in the hole here. You know, two Kyles versus Luke. But, uh, you know, the 3PL summit, man, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I mean, obviously, you've got, you know, all the smartest people in the industry that are going to be there. And that's really exciting. And on top of that, for this show, we're going to have Kyle Littner here, who's one of the smartest, you know, minds in transportation and logistics from like a data perspective. Super pumped to have him. Um, and then, hey, in November, we've got F3. I, there's a bunch of stuff until November, but I keep having my eyes set on F3. It's going to be the biggest yeah. freight tech event in the history of freight in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It'll be in person. Which I'm is going to be very exciting. Be awesome. We're almost here at the end of time. I'm getting, I'm getting the flashing warnings here from the technical team. We got like 15 seconds left or something, so I'm supposed to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> but folks, for joining, otherwise I'd let you talk again, Kyle. But I can't. So anyway, uh, no, we'll see you again next week, Wednesday, live 4 p.m. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and we'll see you next week.